Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing Drama with Dana Wilkie Uncensored. We have officially moved to Patreon. Here's a sneak peek of Dishing Drama with Dana Wilkie. Welcome back to part two with Mark Ebner and Six Degrees of Paris Hilton. Paris wrote about it in her memoir. You know, this was a guy who was known about town by his nickname Scum. And he liked that. He enjoyed that. And, And it was funny because I said, actually, in one of my confessionals that we... I I was shocked to hear this nickname of scum because my boyfriend, another one was really good friends with Rick. Yeah. And we only called him Rocky. So I thought that maybe like scum was a name that he gave like really close people to him. Like he's, you know, banging or whatever, but like I was, shocked by this because I knew him for years and I know what I know what you're saying to be true because it was in Paris's book you said it Darnell I mean obviously a lot of people knew this but we always called him Rocky so I was so I was like blown away at all the different characters in one guy even you know what I'm saying I I want you to know just as a fun sidebar okay uh you know how you mentioned alpha dog with Justin Timberlake. Yeah, yeah. Chuck Pacheco did that movie, produced sure. it. Right. And he's okay. great in it. He's really good in it, too. His little uh, cameo in that movie, I yeah. must say. And I I did the movie premiere for Alpha Dog and Sundance. I pro- oh, wow. Yeah, I, I did that. And then I wanted to tell you just another fun thing, which is, you know how you mentioned Louis Ziskin, the ecstasy dealer, yeah. one of the biggest ecstasy dealers in... <laughs> The biggest <laughs> in the of world. all time. Yeah. Of all which, time. Which I never knew, by the way. Never knew this. Yep. Yep. Um, it's just so sure, crazy. Dana. I, <laughs> uh-huh. and, well, he he was known as a really <laughs> nice guy. Okay. He wasn't known, you know, I always just thought he was this really rich guy who had access to drugs. Like, who didn't? I mean, you know what I'm saying <laughs> in this group. And, you know, I got referred. This is a, so funny. I got referred to Damon, who you mentioned also in your book from Design 71. He was a graphic designer that Lewis uh, invested in. Okay? Why do you always use just first names? Let's call a spade a shovel, shall we, Shirley? Okay, the guy's okay. Name, yeah. The All guy's right. name Damon is Kidwell. Damon Kidwell. Yeah, and Lewis and- is Louis Ziskin. Yeah. Yeah. And for other reasons, let me just say, as much as respect and as much of a fan I am of, say, Chuck Pacheco or my boy, Louis Ziskin, uh, Damon Kidwell can eat a bag of dicks. Well, let me tell you what happened. So I met Damon because I used to own a huge web interactive ad agency. And I was really well known for my graphic work. In fact, I built the website for Richard Heyman, Michael Sutton and Gordon's Memphis restaurant that you mentioned. And I did their uh, opening. I even did some PR for them. Um, And if you recall, uh, they get punched in the face. I think it was Gordon or somebody gets punched in the face in your book. Yeah, I forget who punches them. Well, but, well, uh, uh, there is always comeuppance for, because 
you know, if we put uh, Darnell Riley and uh, if we paint him and Will Wright as the two musketeers, right? You know, uh, certainly there were some beatdowns that took place by their hands, so to speak. But there's a great uh, little scene in the book, if I do say so myself, where a guy named Chris Picello, do, do you know Chris? No. All right. Chris was, uh, Chris is now uh, a nightclub uh, empresario in South Beach, and uh, he's doing great. He had some problems with the mob. Uh, there was a body involved. He's got quite a quite the uh, illustrious past. Nonetheless, it was with great jaw, joy that I heard a reenactment of how at the Sunset Oil gas station, right across from, I believe it would be the whiskey on Sunset, he dismantled Will Wright. Just talk about being good with your hands. He beat the living shit out of that scumbag. It was amazing. Wow. And Damon Kidwell, the reason why I'm so, uh, you know, I can't stand that little fucking twerp is A, <laughs> that, you know, I could say, I could try and be tough and say, well, you ratted on my boy, Louis Ziskin which he <clears throat> pretty much did. Uh, but really at the heart of it, he palled around with that uh, uh, that club promoter I uh, mentioned earlier, Dylan Jordan, who just went down on uh, human trafficking charge and is going to be uh, cooling off in prison on May 1st. Well, that, what's, uh, what's amazing, though, is so Damon was this good-looking very short kind of pretty boy guy. Right. And he had his offices on sunset in this really like high profile building that was kind of like live work or whatever. Right. right <laughs> and I sure. remember I used to go up there from, <laughs> I had Herbert's studios. That's where my office was in the old Herbert's studios. And so I would drive up the street and you know, go check out Damon. And I was trying to woo Damon to do design work for my ad agency because his design work was amazing. But anyway, I knew this whole other side of Damon and I never uh, like connected in the club circuit, probably intentionally because I was trying to do business with him. Right. But right. he always talked so fondly about Lewis. And I always thought Lewis was really nice, but he was kind of, to me, I felt like he was really nice, but he felt like a gangster to me a little. I, I know well, that's sure. weird, but I felt it. And so yep. it made me uncomfortable. Like there's people in the, these circles, you guys, uh, like, I mean, I'm going to just throw a name out right now. Uh, well, well, before you do, yeah, let, Sorry. let me give you the update on Louis Ziskin. He got arrested in Thailand. <laughs> uh, okay. Did you see the video? No, what happened in the video? Uh, I saw it. I, I And I also saw him take his cuffs off and walk free. Uh, more to the point, Louis Ziskin was uh, the kingpin for ecstasy, not just in the Hollywood club scene, but all over the United States. I mean, the guy was moving a million hits a day 
out of Amsterdam. So um, I don't, you know, listen, I mean, I don't drugs. I've had a relationship with him uh, intimately. Right. All I can say was <laughs> Me too. he wasn't out. He wasn't out there raping women. He wasn't out there, uh, you know, doing anything, but you know, helping the club kids, you know, grind their teeth, grin a lot, and and fuck all night. As far as I know, that wasn't my drug of choice. But that's what he went down for, and he did his time. And believe me, he was sentenced to uh, twenty years plus on the closer to thirty end, if I recall correctly. He did his time. He never ratted anybody out, right? Mm-hmm. And. He got out and I've been in touch with him ever since. And since then, he founded a company called Drop In. I won't bore you with the details, but it was a high tech, very effective uh, niche marketplace thing that put him into Forbes magazine, you know, from convict to the Forbes 500. Right. Very smart. he, He took his own business acumen. Then. When the pandemic hit, he crewed up with uh, his, you know, partner in crime from the old days, a wonderful guy named Tamer Ibrahim, uh, and who had done his time without ratting anybody out. And they got into the uh, PPI cartel early pandemic. They got a line on these excellent masks out of uh, Korea and gloves and gloves. Yeah, well, it yeah, made, made its way to gloves. And that's what got him uh, in that jam up in Thailand. Uh, but he's doing just fine. But he's he hasn't. Uh, he, I mean, as far as business uh, men go, I would put my money on uh, uh, Louis Ziskin any day of the week. And is he out of jail as... in Thailand? Is he out oh, now? Because yeah. I know they arrested him. Okay, so here's the story, you guys. He's doing just fine. And it... you can't ask for a more loyal friend than it... Louis Ziskin. So what, what happened was on October 29th of 2021, he ends up going uh, to Thailand. He gets arrested. And the reason he gets arrested, believe it or not, is there's like a duo crime from two different perspectives. Okay. So perspective one is the people that are making this PPI, the gloves and the masks do uh, are doing like fraud. They're producing like faulty masks and gloves and all this stuff. And what they do is they deliver this like crappy product to uh, Louis Ziskin, and he has paid, I think it was like $250,000. And they just like, take off with the money. And he says, like, listen, you know, you've given me this bad product. I want my money back. Like, this is all true, by the way, all true, big problem. And and your numbers are way off. Okay. Oh, it's a 2.7 million, right? 2.7 million. Closer to $3 million. Sorry. And yeah, basically it was a case of Lewis saying, you know, listen, don't fuck with me. They sent boxes of bloodied, ripped and torn gloves. And you, you know, in any business, there are going to be consequences for that. So especially with this guy, because he's, you know, he sees that as, okay, now we're going gangster. Right. And right. so when you raise it in, in Hollywood, in L.A., in New York, 
in, in real life today, this really happens. There are people that are have come up in really scandalous ways and they have lots of money and they've lived huge lives. And when you raise it up a notch to gangster mm-hmm. level, you have to be prepared that the other person will too, especially if you're playing business with these types of people at this level. And yeah. unfortunately, uh, you know, in a sense, I guess Lewis got triggered probably because it was so much money, as you mentioned, 2.7 million. I just looked it up. Yeah. And he basically uh, allegedly uh, with other partners had the man who did this uh, kidnapped and kind of pressured uh, (laughs) pressured probably a light version of it, but really pressured (laughs) to pay the money back that he took. And so he uh, was brought to the police department and he was supposed to to handle things properly by uh, essentially admitting that he took the money and give it back. And they were trying to legitimize this kidnapping in a way by forcing this guy to do the right thing. But it it backfires. And instead, he doesn't do what they ask him to, which is like come clean to the police. And he leaves, comes back, files a kidnapping complaint, and they arrest Lewis. But they are also investigating the quote-unquote victim for theft, which is even more serious crime, actually, in their roles in Thailand than Lewis's crime of kidnapping. So, like, it's weird. Right. Well, suffice it to say, Lewis is doing just fine. He's happy and healthy as ever. I'm not his PR guy. I'm his friend. And I will tell you another thing about Lewis you know, pertaining to the book Six Degrees of Paris Hilton, of course, I had to get on a plane and uh, uh, pay my respects and meet, you know, the uh, the kingpin. Right. So uh, I flew to uh, uh, Arizona. I went he was in a, a federal penitentiary there called Safford. And uh, by that time, I had, you know, even gotten my uh, uh, gotten I became a PI so I could get interviews as a lawyer by proxy with a lot of these criminals, you know, convicts, as it were. Um, Generally, you can't record in prisons, uh, but with the PI license credentials, I was able to, uh, you know, get up close and personal with these guys. And he was still doing time on his ecstasy beef and he comes walking out. And let me tell you something. Uh, He's wearing his chinos. He's got the thermal underwear shirt on. He's ripped. He's tanned. I mean, I'd fuck him at this point, you know, if I was locked up, right? I mean, he looked really good. And the first thing I said to him was, uh, Lewis, nice to meet you. Man, I wish I could do your time. Meaning that, you know, this guy uh, was doing all right, considering the amount of time he was doing in federal lockup, right? He had respect on the yard as he should, you know, because let's face it, when you walk into a federal penitentiary and your papers, which the shot callers read as, you know, before you're even, you know, uh, you know, introduced on the yard, he looked really good on paper to the point where for all I know, he was calling the shots, right? Yeah. 
So he he survived and uh, he's doing well to this day. But I'll never forget when I first laid eyes on him. I was like, yo, you look really good because you were, he had already done about a dozen years. And at that point, you you figure that would, uh, you know, put some bad miles of road on the face of anybody. I don't yeah. know. You know, yeah. do, you, do you know people that have done hard time? I don't, unfortunately. Well, well these guys, uh, well, I'm not going to lump him in with Darnell Riley, but Darnell did even worse time and harder time in the state system. And, you know, he came out looking good enough to, uh, you know. Well, we, to- we've had some Bravo celebrities come out of prison looking shit hot. So I, yeah. <laughs> I get it. I get it totally. I know. And we're going to get a lot of shit in your comments because people are going to say, don't you know that all they do is work out? Yeah, and, no. Exactly. Know, that, may, that may be true. And, it, and uh, in fact, it is true. Uh, but. You know, it's it's not often you're, you know, standing within three feet directly across from the ecstasy kingpin of yeah. all time. I, I, I try to explain this to people in L.A. What's awesome and exciting about being there is that, you know, that just by existing in that space, you're going to be linked to some of the biggest moments that will come up in pop culture history just by being there. <laughs> Like just by going to a party, you will be involved with something that like is a scandal five years later or something. You may not know it at the time, but it's coming. And that brings me to somebody I wanted to ask you about. Okay. I've got to ask you about that. I was going to say, okay. I was going to say, it'll bring you uh, what you were saying about even being on the periphery of the scene in Hollywood especially during the era that we're talking about. Um, Yeah. It's not just Paris, you know, all of a sudden you get, you become part of the six degrees equation, you know, whether you're coming in from the Valley, you know, or West Hollywood, it doesn't matter, you know, sooner or later, uh, if, you know, if you, spend too much time in that scene there's a number of things that can happen one i won't mention her name i don't want to embarrass her but you know one of the characters featured in the book is still doing bottle service right i mean god bless her you know the hustle is real right yeah and i wouldn't put anyone down for that but honestly i think i expected more out of them. And, and I would go as far as to say, I think they did too. You know, it hasn't been easy for a lot of the characters in the book, Six Degrees of Paris Hilton, which by the way, um, we were talking about people being embarrassed. Did you ever run across the billionaire Ron Burkle? Yeah, of course. Okay. (laughs) And I want you to talk about Muhammad Hadid. Okay. Cause he's big in our world if you have any stories around him. For the full scoop, head to our Patreon page. Click the coin icon on your player to check it out. 